whoa you went no contact with your family like you don't talk to them at all nope because they're toxic as fuck are you also the villain for walking away from your toxic family in order to preserve your peace welcome to the character outs podcast where i am on a mission to normalize going no contact with toxic family welcome all you terrible people let's talk about it Welcome back to the Character Outs podcast. It is so great to be behind the mic again. Um, it has been a minute. I did not expect to take that much time off, um, but it, it's been over a month since I released an episode and um, a lot has happened. I feel like there have been a lot of changes in my family, a lot of growth within myself, um, a lot of quiet time, a lot of reflection, and I'm really excited to jump back on the airwaves and kind of share with you some things that I've been going through um, as it pertains to my life, being no contact with my toxic family, some journeys that I've gone on with my children, and things that I've learned about myself, things that I've learned about my children, and realizations about my life and how I was raised and how I was treated in my young adulthood um, and how differently I handled my children and their transition into the real world, um, which we'll talk about. So this episode is going to be called Compare and Contrast, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We are going to compare the healthy mom now healthy being the operative word, not perfect. I am so not a perfect mom. I try my hardest, but I make mistakes all the time. I have to apologize to my kids all the time. I have to take a step back all the time and reflect and constantly have that barometer of, am I behaving like my mother? Is this something my mother would do? Do I have to do a completely polar opposite? Oh my gosh, there's that constant recognition of I'm breaking a toxic generational cycle. It's on me. I cannot do what the knee-jerk reaction MO was done to me. I can't do it. I have to take a step back. I need a breather. I need a, I need a minute to process, and then we can move forward. So healthy mom, we're going to talk about how the healthy mom responds to her children. And then we're going to talk about how the narcissistic mom responds to her children. So a lot of compare and contrasting situations, because that's what I've been going through over the past month. It's been wild and emotional in this house. All good, all blessings, all exactly where as a mom you want to be. But it just, this season just came so fast and, you know, uh, I, I don't think I was ready. And anyways, we'll, we'll get into that. But before we get started, I do want to just say some exciting news. The Character Outs podcast was recognized on the Feedspot blog as one of the top five toxic family podcasts. And when that email came in, again, it's been an emotional month. I think I was in the midst of crying. And I I read it and I read it in bed and I looked at my husband. I was like, oh my gosh, like I felt so honored, so honored. And not just because, oh, look at what my podcast is doing. That's not it at all. It was, if we're being recognized, if this podcast is being recognized, it means that it's resonating with the audience. It's resonating with you guys and making a difference. And 
that was the whole reason I started this platform. It was not just so I could come on and trauma dump and and, and just vent and, and hear myself talk. The whole point of creating this podcast and this platform was so I could reach you guys. So I could reach you guys in the midst of your loneliness, in the midst of the depths of the bottom of the pit and say to you, it's going to be okay. You're not an asshole. Get up. You're doing the right thing. Keep walking. You're not a villain for going no contact with your toxic family. So to know that that's, that we're being recognized was so excited and literally tears just popped out of my head. Um, and uh, I just want to thank Feedspot for recognizing us. And the company is pretty amazing. Number one is a podcast called Unfollowing Mom. Number two is Sherry Sessions with Dr. Sherry Campbell. Like my legit idol to even be anywhere in a list with her. I, no words. Number three, drum roll, please. Character outs. Number four is the Toxic Family Podcast. And number five is two trauma queens. And I also got a notification that we are sitting overall in number 10 in mental health podcasts and 39th in health and fitness, according to data from Malta. So it was in just exciting information to get uh, after a month sabbatical of just kind of being emotional and taking emotional inventory, taking mental inventory, taking notes, and going through a lot of things in my life um, that hopefully you can resonate with, not feel alone as I share some of these stories. So let's get started. All right. Where to begin? So I, I think that the summer started out with my daughter and I at Taylor Swift, right? Just having the time of our lives and screaming our heads off to Taylor Swift. And next thing I know, my beautiful, intelligent, successful, glorious daughter, I admire her with every single cell in my being, got this huge promotion at work and has always wanted to move to the beach and just live her best life. And she's very much like me. She and I are the same in that she's a jumper. She gets something in her head and she jumps. She does it. And I, I love that. You know, I feel like it has always served me well, even though I look some back sometimes. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I would have taken like two more minutes to jump and but whatever. I, I've never regretted jumping. And so as I'm as I'm watching my daughter on the sidelines and I'm watching her take this leap, I was overwhelmed with joy. So, so proud of her. I am to set the stage for you. So we went away to New Hampshire, beautiful time together with family. We literally came home on a Friday. She invited me to come look at the apartment on Saturday <laughs> on, let's see. Okay. On Saturday. Yes. So she decided she loved it. It was beautiful. Just it's such a beautiful place, beautiful neighborhood, beautiful area, right on the beach. So exciting. And I heard her say to the realtor, okay, so I'll move in next next weekend. Great. I, I still think it wasn't quite registering <laughs> that she was moving out. Now you have to understand, she's like, my 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 little bestie, you know, I mean, we always joke that she comes upstairs in the morning and we literally pause and act like we haven't seen each other in six years. And we're like, we call each other my fish and we're like, my fish, hi, and we 
have this long, dramatic, like, greeting and, you know, and, and I, I hadn't processed any of that, okay? And life was just happening so fast. So, next chapter. I'm so proud of my stepdaughter. I don't call her my stepdaughter. She's my daughter. But my daughter, she's on her way to Georgetown University. So, Sunday, Saturday, sorry, Saturday, saw the apartment with my daughter, great moving in next weekend. Okay. I I knew that logically next weekend comes and Saturday we're off at parents weekend, um, at, at her university, just seeing her, we were blessed to be there for convocation and see this beautiful ceremony filled with tradition and speaking about the university. We got to see her in her dorm and just get her settled. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful day. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, my daughter was moving out. I could literally not process these emotions. I literally could not process the fact that we were dropping one daughter off at college. And, you know, she's a good five hours away from us now, but uh, dropping her off. And meanwhile, my daughter's moving out. And I felt this pang of (gasps) ick, just overwhelming ick. And I'm like, what is it? And when I have these overwhelming feelings, I always love to get to the root. And if I get to the root of what is causing this feeling of ick, this overwhelming feeling of emotion, I can deal with it. So I called my daughter's dad and he's always very level-headed. And I just, I I remember pacing the hotel because we were getting ready to go see our daughter at convocation. And I just remember pacing in the hotel lobby just being like I don't understand I, I I don't understand why I'm why, why I'm feeling this way I don't understand where these emotions are coming from I I I, I feel scared and I feel uh, I, I I'm feeling all these weird things kind of kind of abandoned but that's really fucked up because I'm not her responsibility she's not abandoning me and like am I mom am I my mom and I'm like going through all these like emotions in my head trying to get to the bottom of it and he's so so beautifully said, he said, Terry, every time you have moved, it's been associated with trauma. You've been kicked out multiple times, not only physically from your mother's house, you've been kicked out of your family's life. You've been kicked out of your mother's life, kicked out of your brother's life, kicked out of your father's life multiple times. You've been abandoned. And I was like, but ew, like my daughter's not responsible for me. Why am I feeling that emotion? It makes no sense. Does that make me a narcissist? Like she's not responsible for me. I should just be feeling joy and happiness for her. And yes, I did feel joy and happiness for her, but it also triggered me on this weird level. And I took a step back and I realized, I was like, oh my God, I feel like the rug has been ripped out from under me because it it happened so fast. You know, I didn't have time to process anything. And it may not have helped had I had time to process it. The emotions may have felt just the same. But for me, it was like, oof. So instead of me being kicked out, my daughter, simply the, the act of my daughter moving out felt like, very much like me being kicked out. And there was no fight with my daughter and I. There was, it, it was, 
It was complete support. It was complete love. There was no time frame. Oh, oh you have to get out now. It, there was nothing logically like the moments that I was kicked out of my house, if that makes sense. And so I couldn't compute why the two emotions were feeling the same. Then on the on the flip side, I had to be this award-winning actress and then cry my eyes out in the hallway because my daughter's moving her things out of my house and be on the phone supporting her. And but then I had to be real and process my emotions. And then I had to go to convocation and act like I wasn't devastated that I wasn't going to be able to see my other daughter every other weekend anymore all the time, have her be in the city close to us. And oh, it's like my head was spinning. And I also didn't want to make it about me. Why? Because I had a narcissistic mother that made everything about her. So the only thing I could do is take a step back. And my daughter, we're so close. She sensed that something was wrong. And I didn't want to get on the phone and cry to her because, again, that's something my mother would have done. I needed to process these emotions before I spewed them all over my adult daughter. That wouldn't have been fair to her. It would have robbed her of the excitement of packing her boxes and moving into her apartment and eating pizza on the floor. You know, it's not about me. Even my, even though my emotions and her actions were affecting me, it's not about me. But she could sense my distance. And so I had to, I had to say to her, I'm so proud of you. Please understand. I'm just, I'm just processing that. I'm just processing. I love you. I support you. I'm here. I'm just processing because one of the things my, um, my mother always would drip on me is how much she needed me how sad she is without me. You know, she even equated our relationship when I would leave or when I would come home late to the trauma that she endured when my father cheated on her. And that creeped me out. I'm like, oh my God, but I'm like, not your husband. Like, that's really creepy. And it's not my job to make you happy, et cetera, et cetera. But I had to be honest with my daughter and be like, listen, I'm just, I'm processing and then I'll get back to you. And I really had to process it on my own. I had to talk it over with my therapist. I had to talk it out with my friends, with my husband, with my ex-husband, because that's what a healthy mom does. A healthy mom, not a perfect mom. I am not a perfect mom, <laughs> just to clarify. But a healthy mom, a healthy mom works through her emotions before she transposes any of them onto her adult children. No matter what age your child is, they are not responsible for your emotions, period. Their job is to live their best life. Their job is to go out into the world and be people of integrity and character and to be successful in every way, in any way that they, that they deem fit for their life. It is not their job to work through our emotions with us, especially when it involves their life. They shouldn't have to explain their life, justify their choices, or even know that anything they do is having any negative impact on us at all. Does that make sense? So there was no way in hell I was getting on the phone while she was in the midst of this glorious, exciting time and saying things like, but it feels like abandonment and it feels like, duh, 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 duh. like it, that was not the time. We did eventually have that conversation, but the first few days, the first few interactions 
had to be positive because they set the stage. And so what did that require me to do? I'm going to tell you. And I'm not a therapist. I have, I have a degree in education. I had to be an award-winning actress. And so I remember going through this beautiful convocation and ceremony with our daughter at college, dropping her off, crying, <laughs> but hugging her and just giving her a hug goodbye and saying, I'm so proud of you, but not showing the tears because why to make it about me? And I just feel like it's so important. And again, this is my opinion. This is my opinion as a survivor, not my opinion because I'm not a therapist. This is my opinion as a survivor and what has worked for me. I feel like as moms, sometimes we have to become award-winning actresses. As dads, we have to become award-winning actors. Why? Because that's what's best for them. They don't need to know that that we're falling fucking apart of the seams without them. They, they don't need to know that, okay? It, it just is going to mess with them. It's just going to take away their power. It's just going to make them feel responsible for us. And again, we are not their responsibility. Yes, I said that right, right? We are not our child's responsibility. Not in any way, shape, or form. We're not. Now, that doesn't mean that as you have a, a relationship with your adult child, that there isn't a give and take and a healthy exchange. Of course there is. is. But I don't care how fucking old your kids are. They're never responsible for your emotions and they're never responsible to fucking fix it or make you feel better. They're just fucking not, especially in the light of such transition and a beautiful, exciting time for them that will rob them of their joy. That's what a narcissistic mom does. They make it about them and they rob their children of any joy because immediately the child then goes to into fix it, help mom, responsibility mode, guilt, I shouldn't have left, blah, 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 bullshit, blah. No. So I hugged our daughter. I'm so proud of you. And then you get in the car and cry your eyes out the whole way home. <laughs> And you don't let them know that you are dying inside and that when you get home, the energy in the house is going to be totally different and that you're going to miss them and you're going to miss buying their favorite snacks and everything is going to feel different. You just need to let them know that they are loved and that you're so proud of them. That's your fucking job as a mom, okay? That's it. You cry to everybody else. You don't cry to your child. So that we got home from DC on Sunday. It was just, we got we got home very late on Sunday, and my daughter lived in the basement. Um, my daughter that had just bought her first apartment and was so over the moon happy. I was already exhausted. I had a migraine. A migraine. It was a long round trip, and the wise voice said within me. Don't go downstairs. Don't you dare go downstairs. Don't go downstairs. What did I fucking do? I went downstairs. I went downstairs. I sat in her empty room and I cried my fucking eyes out. <laughs> I cried my eyes out. It was such a weird feeling because I cried because I missed her. I cried because I just was like, oh, that wasn't enough time. You know, she's 22 and it still wasn't enough time with her. I just, I want her back. <laughs> I want her you know, I sound like a big fat baby right now because she lives an hour away, like crammy a fucking river, you know? And my other daughter is doing so well at college and can hop on a train and be home with us in a heartbeat. So, you know, that wasn't it. It was just the change and everything happening all at the same time and dealing with emotions that I wasn't expecting all while needing to be supportive of my daughters. And I guess that right there is the true test. When you're 
grappling with emotions. You're feeling empty and drained and lost and confused, but you have to be strong for your kids. And that that is essentially what it is to be a healthy mom. You have to put your emotions to the side and sometimes not show them every single emotion. Of course, my daughters knew that I was sad and that I was going to miss them and that it was a change, but they knew that they were not responsible. They knew that I was okay with them going away, that I was so proud of them. And that's, that's the difference. So just to bring everyone up to speed, drop our daughter off at college. Another one is moving out the same weekend. I'm crying my eyes out because I'm dropping one daughter off at college. Another one has moved out um, and it was a rough night. And what did I have to do? I, ha- <laughs> I had to wake up the next morning and go visit my daughter at her apartment. Okay. As much as I wanted to visit my daughter at her apartment, I was so emotionally drained. Like that was the last thing I wanted to do. Not, not that I didn't want to see her or help her. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to depuff my eyes and, and actually not get through a day and a moment without crying. I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I just remember, (laughs) I remember putting on the song by Frank Sinatra, nice and easy does it all the time. And my voice is cracking a little bit because it's still not recovered from that fucking laryngitis. But anyway, I just kept playing that song over and over again. Nice and easy does it, putting on my makeup taking deep cleansing breaths, nice and easy does it, nice and easy does it. And I just kept telling, looking myself in my mirror going, you are an award-winning actress. Here's your role for today. You are a supportive mom who is completely supportive, not taking anything personally, not making it about her. You're gonna show up, you're gonna smile, You are not going to feel those pangs of sadness. You are not going to cry. You are not going to make it about you. You got this. Nice and easy does it. Got in the car. Took my deep breaths. Listened to that song the whole way there. Took more deep breaths to calm. You you, You know that feeling. You know that feeling of... You feel the tears rising up in your throat and just, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I got this. I got this. I got this. And I think that's part of the beauty of going through some shit at the hands of your toxic family is because we've survived a lot. This is a good thing. My daughter's moving into her first apartment. This is not us being kicked out on food stamps, one sharing one knife, no furniture, working up full time, my ass off at 3am, the graveyard shift, like this is not that. So it's about perspective and it's about being an actress. And so that's what I did. And, and it became easier. The second I stepped in, I was like, gosh, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if we could do it. And, and then, you know, you just, you start to see the joy on your child's face and just the things everywhere <laughs> in boxes and, and then you just realize that it's a relationship with, with your daughter and it's it's back and it's okay. And I think one of the reasons that I was so traumatized, but that I was hit emotionally with her moving out was because, you know, when I moved out, I ran. 
I didn't even realize, I don't think that I was running from my toxic mother because I hadn't even realized the abuse and the manipulation and the control and her narcissism. But I knew like subconsciously I was running. Okay. I was running away and I really didn't look back. And there, we didn't have technology, you know, we didn't have, you know, the FaceTime and the texting. And I think I had like a Nokia phone that like could dial, but I didn't want a relationship with her. I was running from her. And I remember still feeling oppressed by her. And I think on some ways, like, because I didn't have a healthy example of an older child moving out, Hey, you can still have a relationship with them that's normal. Well, I didn't have an example of normal. I didn't know what to expect. I was just like, oh my God, she moved out quickly, felt like the rug being ripped out from under me. There she goes. And now, now it's not the same. She's never going to, we're never going to talk again. We're never going to be close again. Like, no, I've talked to her probably more than I've talked to her when she was here, you know? And so that's one of the things about coming from a toxic family. You have no model. You have no model of what normal looks like. You have no model of what a healthy mom looks like. You're you're flying by the seat of your pants. You know what you don't want to do. And then you're just questioning yourself, is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? And and I can tell you this. If it benefits your child, if it keeps your child peaceful and happy, it's the right thing. If you are guiding your child based on what's best for your child and you're not thinking about yourself, then that's the right thing. Because don't forget, our narcissistic mothers raised us in accordance to what they wanted, the direction they wanted us to go, the career they thought we should be in, the college they thought we should go to, the friends they thought we should hang out with, the guy they thought we should be dating, right? While I don't want you to question yourself because that can become oppressive and can fuck with your self-esteem, you know you're doing the right thing as a mom when you take a step back and you say to yourself, the only person I'm thinking about right now is my child. I'm not thinking about myself. I'm not thinking about how this affects me. I'm thinking about my child. And that's when you know, ooh, you're breaking that toxic generational cycle because what would your mom have done? She would have made it all about her. She would have led you. And and my daughter and I say all the time, oh my gosh, like my mom would have hated this place. She would have had something to say about her being murdered or or whatever, you name it. She wouldn't have liked the neighbors. She wouldn't have liked the smell. She wouldn't have liked the sand of the beach, even though she likes the beach. Like she would have found something wrong with it. Why? Because that's not what she would have wanted because she was transposing what she wanted onto me. And she would have been doing that to my daughter. So if you needed a reminder to break a toxic generational cycle, if you had a mother who did that to you, guess what? She's going to do it to your kid. Don't let her break it now. So there was that. So within a week, we sent one child to college and we helped another child. I say, I say child, they're, they're adults move into her first apartment. Okay. And again, both are associated with such different emotions. I think, you know, with the daughter in college, I miss her and our schedule. 
but I know that she'll be home for the summers and for spring break and for Christmas break and Thanksgiving. Like she's not out of the house. So it's also varying levels of of grieving the change that I think is is hard to process. And, you know, I was processing them on each level. So I was losing one child to the world out by herself being independent and losing one just for a little bit and having to adjust to that change, if that makes sense. So back to like knowing things are coming, but like not truly processing that they're coming. So about two weeks goes by and we're in the groove of our one daughter being at college and our other daughter thriving in her own apartment. About two weeks later, I move my other child, my 19-year-old, into his dorm. It's his second year of college, but he decided he wanted to, to live on campus this year too. So it, it, totally exciting, right? So I'm throwing myself into TikTok. I mean, I'm even like stalking like the Bama Rush, okay? I'm looking at dorm decor. I, I, I'm like obsessing over what's going to go where. So I mean, in some ways, having that project, it was like a great, you know, distraction, so to speak, you know, working with him and, Hey, what do you want to do? Got your bedspread. This is so fun. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you're in the, you're in the rush of it. It was also extremely helpful that his college is only 20 minutes away from the house. So I knew I'd be seeing him on the weekends and he'd be coming back for dinner. So there was a mix of excitement, but also I wasn't really going through that grieving process of having to drop him off um, because I knew even though he wouldn't be sleeping under my roof every night, I would still see him all the time. So the day comes and my toddler and I (laughs) take my son and drop him off at college and we rush into the dorm room. You know how it is, moms, if you dropped your kids off at college. You know how it is. You rush into the dorm room, unload all this shit. Shit's just everywhere. And it's just fucking everywhere. You're like, okay, you you have this job. You put this together. I'm on this. I'm hanging wallpaper, hanging lights, doing this. You put blah, 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 blah. craziness, right? And then the dorm is beautiful. And then you hug them. And then you walk out. <laughs> And I'm walking with, you know, the boxes of packing tape and command strips and all that stuff and my little tot and toe. And again, I'm like, the fuck? What the fuck? How did this happen? How legit did I get here? How did I just drop the kid that I was holding on my hip just yesterday? off at college. When the fuck did that happen? So I, I'm sure I've, I've shared this with you on podcasts, on previous podcast episodes, but I moved, I graduated college, got married, moved all the way from Florida to Texas with my husband. I mean, gone. And I just remember the air that my mother presented to me was, how am I going to live without you? I can't, I can't live without you. I can't survive without you. I have no life without you. You are my life. You're my everything. And, you know, listen, I think my mom's trauma was a mix of, or my mom's personality was and is a mix of her narcissistic personality disorder, her borderline personality disorder, 
her trauma. But here's the thing. She was just selfish and prideful enough not to do a damn fucking thing about it. It was easier, right? It is easier not to do a damn fucking thing about it. Listen, breaking toxic generational cycles, staying no contact from toxic family is not for the faint of heart. It's not the first choice and it's not for the fucking faint of heart. It's fucking hard. It's hard. So as I was dealing with sending all these kids off, I was remembering how I was sent off. First of all, my mom never let me go anywhere. The Gainesville murders were were happening in Gainesville when I was getting ready, a couple years before I was getting ready to go to college. And so my mom had convinced me that if I went away, I would be murdered. That's it. I'd be murdered if I went away to college. (laughs) That's it. But there was also tangled in there, you can't leave me. You can't leave me. What would I do without you? You're my best friend. You want to be here. You don't want to go to college anyway. You you want to be here, right? That manipulation and that drip, that'll be a whole nother fucking episode. But the way she dripped and the way she made me feel responsible for her, I don't want to be anything like that. I don't. So even down to, as I'm hugging each child goodbye, what would my mother have said? How am I going to live without you? What am I going to do without you? When am I going to see you again? I, 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 no. What does the healthy mom have to do? What does the healthy mom have to do? You have to hug your child. And if you want to use any sentence with the word I in it, you can say, I am so fucking proud of you. You did this. You got this. You're amazing. I'm going to be fine. Yeah, of course. Of course, I'm going to miss you. But guess what? I'm fine. Mom is fine. And the healthy mom has to let their children know that they're allowed to go off. And mom's going to be just fine. That's why, I mean, I, I didn't even want to spend the night out at a friend's house because I didn't think my mom would be okay without me. Why? Because that's what she fucking taught me. She's not going to be okay without me. Even into my adulthood, it was ingrained into my head. I'm not okay without you. Okay? We're not going to do that to our, our children. So to wrap this party up, friends, let's revisit. that You have your stories and your particular things that stick in your head of the ways in which your narcissistic mother treated you. And you have specific things, specific life events that you know you're going to handle differently than your narcissistic mother and how she handled those situations with you. And for me, what I've lived with is how she handled the manipulation of my college and not going away and how she handled when I moved out. And those were two pivotal moments in my life that she manipulated and destroyed. And I knew that I would never do that to my children. And all of a sudden, I was here faced with, oh, shit, I'm feeling all these emotions. And and to be honest, like it just sucks that I had a little bit of compassion for my mom because it's not easy. It's not easy sending your kid off to college. It's not easy supporting your your child as they move out. That's not easy. But here's the difference. She chose to act toxic. She chose to be manipulative. She chose to be controlling. And while, yes, she is a covert 
passive aggressive narcissist. She doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't go to therapy. She didn't try when I when I would say to her and and talk to her about things that were hurting me. She didn't give a fuck. And that's the difference. That's the difference between the narcissistic mom and the healthy mom. And I know if you are listening to this podcast that you too are on a mission to break these toxic generational cycles, to raise your children in a completely different way that you were raised. So for that, I just want to say you're a fucking bad ass and good for you because it's it's hard when you don't have a playbook. You don't know what you're doing. You had no example. You just know what you don't want it to look like. And so I'm just, I'm proud of you. Keep walking, keep walking. You're doing the right thing. So when we compare and we contrast the healthy mom versus the narcissistic mom, you know, did I handle things perfectly? Absolutely not. But did I check in with my each one of my children along the way? Yes. Was it emotional? Yes. I also want to clarify, you know, I wasn't I'm, I wasn't being fake with my kids. Of course my kids saw me tear up at some points. I mean, for for them not to see you get a little emotional is a little weird as well. But you are the strength you are the strength, even though they're 22, 18, 19, even though they're adults. I mean, raise your hand if you can resonate with this. I'm 47 and there are some times in life, some situations in life where I'm, I feel 12. I'm like, I'm 12. No one's listening to me. I'm a baby. I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. I'm a moron, right? How do you think our 22, our 19, our 18-year-olds feel, they they still struggle with that. They still struggle with, am I going to be okay? Is it okay? Is it the right choice? And it's our job to handle our shit on our time. It's not our children's responsibility to fix our shit. It's just not, okay? And it's okay to talk about it. You know, I've had conversations with each one of my kids that have left me. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and we've had now because some, some time has gone by, some weeks have gone by and they know that they're okay. They know that they did the right decision. They're a little more confident. You know, it's like, it's like sending your kid into kindergarten for the first time. You know, you have to smile and wave. Yay. This is so fun. Isn't this great? And then you go to your car and you're like, and you cry your fucking eyes out. Right? Well, it's the same thing. Our kids are always looking back just like that kindergartner looked back. Is mom okay? And you're standing there with a thumbs up and a big smile on you're okay. And mom's okay, and this is great, and you're gonna do great. So, there it is. There was our summer. There was a lot more shit mixed in there. Had some run ins with some narcissists that was really gross and icky, but you wanna know what? The golden rule still stands narcissists deserve silence. So, came up with a new motto. I don't always interact with a narcissist, but when I do, I choose silence.
stay silent, my friends. So if you've had a narcissist knock on your door this summer, whether it be a toxic friend or a toxic family member or a, um, a toxic um, ex, um, anyway, um, you don't know them anything. You preserve your peace because every narcissist is just the fucking same. And that's all you need to know. So I hope your summer was great. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for being a part of our community. If you're not a part of our Instagram community, jump on over there. If you would like to tell your story and share your story, whether it's being interviewed by me on the podcast or sharing your story in the form of a letter and having me read it, please get in touch with me, characteroutspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to schedule a time to either connect with you um, or have you on the podcast. I would love it because our power lies within telling our stories and our strength lies within embracing what happened, who we are, where we came from and moving forward. So join us over on Instagram, connect with me. If you're struggling, you know, you're not alone. That's the whole point of this, this whole entire platform, this podcast. So have a beautiful weekend. Fall is knocking on the door. Um, I'm kind of like that skeleton, you know, that meme, like that, like skeleton hanging onto the flamingo floaty, like still trying to swim in the pool. Um, but yeah, fall's kind of knocking on the door. So ready or not, cheers till next time, friend.